Oh, damn. That looks it's nice. One of, it's one of the cooling seats. Oh, the Eau Rouge. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm meeting those guys at Spa nice. this weekend. That is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah, that was such a genius yeah. move from them to bring out that cool chair. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe that it didn't already have. There wasn't any seats like that that already existed. Yeah. Um, Especially sim racing, because you get sweaty just yeah. from... The, you, oh, know, yeah. you don't have to have the direct drive up that high to, to get sweaty. So to bring out a cooled seat was, was absolute genius. I, mean, I know a lot of streamers who use it as well when they're doing like five or six hour streams. Yeah, I mean, when I was fucking bigger, it was... Uh, I noticed within three hours of the first ever time I sort of fully set it up and was actually driving, I'm like, why is there not cooled seats? yet <laughs> yeah um something cool i was thinking about doing was taking out the passenger seat of my car because i have no friends you know oh. and putting it oh, in no. here and putting it on the rig that'd be very cool that'd be yeah. very cool so yeah i mean do it i mean why 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 the hell not well i mean i got the the whole it sounds, like, it sounds like a lot of work <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't think it actually is. I think that the whole mounting method and all that stuff is like mm -hmm. pretty much the same. You could plug it in; it can move backwards and forwards. You tilt back, adjust the lumbar support. Oh yeah, there is the motorized shit. Yeah, ah, we don't have to worry about that. I could probably that. figure it out. Um, but so, okay. See, so here's the thing with with Max and all them like the i don't know it's supposed to be said or not supposed to be said so i'm yeah. just like i mean i i've done a couple of streams with him in the call and i haven't like advertised it or anything like yeah. talking to max right now or any like i i don't know where the boundary is and i don't intend to find out so no no yeah red bull sound red bull seem a little scary about that sort of stuff i would imagine well it's just that's, I mean, I'd love to talk about that. The, the issue that I see in motorsport or in racing is that you have a lot of younger guys appealing to older guys. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And whether it's from F1 all the way to sim racing, it's like a certain level of professionalism is to be expected. But if you follow that route, right? If one generation is missed, right? If there's one generation where they get older and they don't care about cars, which I mean, it could be this one. Yeah. Considering Teslas and auto driving cars and all this stuff, like people are moving. It's 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 very funny. It's like they're moving towards not really interested in cars or they're extremely interested in cars now. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea where it's going to go, but sort of the trend that I see is all these movies coming out like Gran Turismo, um, that F1 movie with Brad Pitt. I mean, I think that drive to survive, whether the, the drivers hate it or not, um, it's probably been the best thing for motorsports ever. Yeah. Quite literally ever. At least on the North American side of things, like it went from nobody cared about any sort of cars in general to now I have like, because I know the, 
the COD community, I know the Counter-Strike community, I know like all these communities now, and it's like, I could probably name you 10 or 15 guys that religiously watch F1 now because of that. And they're all North American. Um, and I mean, I've had personally probably about 100 people ask me like, yo, what should I get for a rig? And you know what I actually, <laughs> so actually sad, but it's true. What I tell them, I'm like, yo, whatever you do, don't go all out mm -hmm. like I did. Um, because you're going to get addicted. You're, it's a very niche community. You're, you're, you're going to get so addicted. It's going to impact your actual, like if you got to stream battlefield or COD or FPS or do like IRL streams, this and that, like it's going to impact that regardless. So unless you're like fully committed and okay with losing revenue based off this addiction you're going to have, <laughs> like, don't, yeah. don't do it. Um, Cause I mean, that's just the truth. Like at the end of the day, I could have been casting call of duty. I could have been involved with call of duty and all this stuff. And I could have been making probably way more than what I'm making right now. But it's like, I'm at the end of the day, I'm having the time of my life. It's, it's so the best way to describe it is it's like i'm pursuing a dream while like peacefully doing it mm. there's no drama there's no you know i gotta worry about what other person's doing there's no teammates right now that i'm like having to worry about um it's it's just it's like serenity almost yeah just and it's just me in the car and in a goal pretty much there is um, something therapeutic about practicing yeah. sim racing that yeah. i guess you is maybe I mean, even maybe setting unique. it up dude even <laughs> setting it up unless i mean dude i have uh uh dude when when i set up the number one i if if i have money in my bank account and i have a sim rig that needs to be set up i am never doing that again like ne straight up never doing that again because now I understand how it all works. And the reason I always like to build stuff is like, I need to understand how it works in order to, if something breaks, I know how to fix it. Right. Mm. But now I know how it all works. And with that being said, I had a moment a scare where it was like the, the bar to hold like a shifter, like the side yeah. bar. So yeah. That actually, I walked by it. My room's actually pretty roughly pretty small mm -hmm. at least for american rooms it's probably a, a normal european size room <laughs> right um huge huge open i ended up space i scraped my shin oh, the worst and it went straight to the bone um i knew it was bad because i looked down i saw a chunk of skin on the aluminum <laughs> and then i looked down on my leg and it was like i'm trying to my left leg but probably about if my knees here it was right here right ankles, ankles down here mm -hmm. by the time i i felt it looked at the rig then looked down at my shin blood was at my ankles yeah um, that sounds painful that's gonna that's gonna make your eyes water a little well i went to the er i was like make sure that you know what is it tetanus shot 
Oh yeah, yeah, sure yeah. It wasn't getting infected and all mm-hmm. this stuff. How specific were um, you when you went to when you went to ER? Did you like? Did you go into details? Like, oh, it was the the horizontal mounting like aluminium profile for my for my dude. shifter on my sim racing rig. Just so you know. Well, the what 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 do you mean? Like, like when you when go to the it, doctor, yeah. do you like explain what it was oh. you hit the shin on, just so they get a real? No, good I just explained it was some aluminum that was sitting in a box like shipped from Europe for a while. So uh-huh. who blame the Europeans? Yeah, I see. Well, I'd blame the cargo ship or the airplane or whatever it was shipped on. You know, uh-huh. people would be shipping fruits and stuff. <laughs> so who knows what sort of bacteria is on it? Um, yeah, but I would never set it up again, honestly. No. Um, and you never finished. No sim racer in the history yeah, of the exa- world exactly. has ever finished a sim rig. Yeah. Well, the uh, it, it's it's so it's so cool what you can do with all mm. this stuff. Um, I I sort of realize right now I need a bigger house for my sim rig, though. So <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Yeah. I mean, but you need a spare room. It's like you go around with the I guess you call them realtor. Well, you I'm call them a... estate agents, and you say we need yeah. to upsize. Oh, you're having a family? No, 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 it's, sim racing. It's, it's a tough spot, man, because I bought the house right before COVID. At like literally the best time to buy, it was maybe it was like half a mil. Um, and now it's worth like over a million dollars. So I'm on a low interest rate, like. And, and and it's a small house. It's like a two. It's technically like a three. It's like a office. I'm in the office area right now, and nice. it's a two bedroom house, um, and it's close to a million dollars. So that's like. So now I'm in the spot where it's like, shoot, I need a bigger. I need a bigger house, but this house is just raking in money from all the Californians moving here. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's, and I'm, there's actually no reason for me to be in, even in Texas anymore. Um, so it's sort of, it's sort of a weird spot with me and my wife have been thinking about it a whole bunch. So, mm. well, I mean, what you could do, you could, you could refinance, you know, half a million pounds or half a million dollars off of the house. And, uh, you could buy with that, those, uh, active pedals that Simicube, uh, have created. Oh, I'm already, <laughs> it's actually on my to-do list. They look sweet, to, uh, right? I mean, okay. Editor, edit, edit this part out. Yeah, like, I mean, I I only tried them because I was uh, I went to the Sim Racing Expo in Germany last year and tried them on the stand there, and they were. I think incredible. The only so the only Sim Racing thing I'm near is GSI. Okay. GSI is right next to me, literally right. ten minutes away. No way. Um, I actually cool. use I actually take their magnets and put them on other wheels. Because they're 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 very fucking strong. So mm-hmm. like the like lightweight shifter panels with the because the GSI paddles are a little bit thicker. Like everything on the wheels a little bit thicker. But I'll actually take those magnets and put them on. Um, say for the Asher, for example, yeah, they are like incredible. Mm. Like it's like I've literally improved the Asher. Um, that was like difficult to do yeah which so you can add this part in um 
but one of the one of the things right now is like if no one wants to sponsor no one wants to take part or no one wants to you know financially offer aid to me for me to get into real life racing like i know a way to do it that will actually be it's almost like a not a guarantee but it's it would seem high risk but for me it's an absolute guarantee that it would work just a matter of time interesting um which is that the gaming controllers the pro level controllers right now are absolutely terrible like the best controllers in the world are so horrible especially when i started because i sort of got the whole idea when i started getting sim racing stuff is i'm like why is every single button on this 700 wheel better than any button i've ever used on a call of duty mm. you know prototype controller where it's like and I, like let me see if i can find one where they don't even make these for the public they only make it for like pros pretty much and i have a relationship with them too and they're local um let me see i recently gave a bunch of control i mean this is a yeah this doesn't have the buttons but like these are all mechanical oh, okay i don't know if you can hear yeah, this i can hear that clicking yeah yeah um i made these sticks mechanical test 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 yeah test. yeah i hear it i hear it yeah so this is normal chunky this well this is normal right here yeah this is this is the fast click oh okay you can barely even hear it yeah um, yeah, yeah it's a lot quieter but i made all these buttons every single one from here all these all these mechanical um this touchpad is deactivated okay so yeah yeah so, so rather than because what i would do right is i'd hold the controller like this mm -hmm. and accidentally hit the top of the touchpad uh, right yeah, yeah yeah so it's completely deactivated now and the only way to use the touchpad button is this yeah so why do you but think one of the why do you think it it's different then between sim racing and fps is it is it because sim racers are trying to what i was going to say is it because sim racers want immersion more than performance and no, it's, they it's, have this thing that it has to feel like quality because a car feels like quality no it literally only has to do with competition right now in in the controller markets there's two main companies that's it right yeah so this space and yeah and right now it's like they'll, they'll fight each other over legal patents rather rather than better products so the issue becomes where like someone like if i were to try to go in and make a controller i would have an issue with these patents but the thing is why i know it would work is that they're patents made by people who don't actually play anymore mm. so they're patents that cover maybe level one and level two base like tech but it's like i want to do patents and stuff where where le like level five and i don't want to give away too many ideas but yeah the fact that they can f fit a laser in this right sell it for this is like 180 bucks it might be less um this is 300. Yeah. 
So mm. why why is every single button better on this mouse? Like I'm talking even the scroll wheel click mm. is better than every single button on this. Yeah. And this is this is less. How does that make sense? That makes no sense other than yeah. essentially so, them having this like monopoly between them. Yeah. Where they can just chase so the margins. So that's that's why you see sim racing wheels where it's like constant improvement or pedals or wheel bases or any of that stuff. Like you see constant improvement where because they can, yeah, it. you know they're they're not really legally limited um, to do it. Which, if you ask me, is dude, that's it's such a it's such bullshit because the only people who win when you legally co cover and patent everything, if you like for every 10 innovations that they might have on a controller, they'd legally patent and cover their ass on, mm. you know, 90 different ones besides that. Yeah. So that's what, that's where you have the issue. Um, but the thing is, is that the, these controllers are sort of, they've been making the same product for about 10 years, 15 years. So and that at the must end of the day, been... the tech is, is crazy now. Yeah, I mean, that must have been one of the biggest differences going from Call of Duty to sim racing is just introduction to new input methods. Now, as a Call of Duty player, you obviously become very uh, coordinated, very tactile. But even then, yeah. you know, you're going from just kind of like thumbs to now, you know, you're both, both hands moving in completely different directions against forces, the forces you have to understand, and you're now bringing in yep. your feet. Like that must have been, a, that must be one of the biggest kind of, changes to get used to right yeah yeah i mean before, before i'll get into that really quick but i want to show you something okay yeah plug it Ooh. right it's just an elgato like stream deck like studio thing yeah yeah right? that looks nice but if i were to go Mm-hmm. It's literally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like I actually applaud Elgato and, and and a lot of the I mean, shoot, I mean watch this. Like half the stuff in my room is is literally Elgato. Mm. Um Yeah, I love that stream. They, they they were smart about it, right? Because Elgato took a lot of the stuff from sim racing, like the button boxes, and just made it into, you know, generic gaming. Yeah, generic gaming stuff. I mean, it was dude, like smart making the the buttons completely customizable. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is all the lights too. Is like nice. Like Elgato, Elgato already like sort of changed the game, and I mean, they're they're literally. The way I see it is whoever decided to come up with the button box or the stream deck idea literally took it from actual motorsport cars, but like the button boxes, yeah. it's literally yeah, the yeah. same exact thing. And there were button boxes way before there was stream decks. Mm -hmm. So I there's mean, a lot, there's, there's a lot of stuff in sim racing that you can take ideas from and, yeah. and translate it to not only gaming, but just eat anything in real life too. So mm. And but, it's, uh, um, they'll go on. Okay. No, I was going to answer your question. Great. Um, 
What was the question again? <laughs> what was the question? Uh, yeah, the adjusting to the inputs, the additional inputs in sim racing must have been yeah. one of the biggest changes to get used to. Yeah, so the I've always sort of had an issue of like, and right now I'm still trying to fix it, but in terms of like the force feedback, mm. um, rather than trying to over like direct the wheel and tell it what to do rather than like flow with it and go with it like let it sort of determine you know say i'm on the exit of a corner and i'm full throttle like the whole opening the wheel part has sort mm. of been difficult to and i'm still trying to learn how to like properly do it um but i've always sort of like dominated the whatever device I'm using. Like I would literally break controllers by squeezing them too hard. Um, even when I was in like second, first grade, just holding pencils and stuff, I'd always break the pencils. Like I've always had to use the pen. Um, so it's sort of like one thing I've sort of realized with the sim racing, especially like breaking without ABS, you have to like be loose with your hands. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I'm sort of at the end of the day, the, the main topic is just rather than speed and quickness and reaction speed, it's all about being smooth on everything like smooth supersedes being fast, you know, and, and right now it's like, so I've sort of had to relearn and retrick my brain into prioritizing smoothness over speed. And I would say right now it's like, I'm sort of trying to mix the two, like trying to be, you know, smooth and fast. Um, one of the, Rogers actually at Le Mans in the paddock, um, Joshua Rogers basically pointed out something that you can only really mm. see in person, um, which was my initial like 10% left or right was always Hmm. It wasn't like it's like binary. Smooth. It was I, I was going, fa yeah, I was going fast and then smooth, right? But I need to be going smooth and then fast. So it's like that initial input needs to be so so like smooth and borderline slow, just to get the car directed in the right way, the right angle, and then I can go yeah. fast. And then, and well, then I can like I I need to be going like. Mm -hmm. rather than what i was doing was yeah like fast and smooth and it's all and it's all yeah and it's like the thing about sim racing is it's just so many little things that make yeah. you fast give you those hundreds like like that one yeah that one mistake might be a mm. tenth of a second yeah on a lap you know but it's like the the coolest thing about it is that it's always a pursuit for like perfection like and you can never get it that's something like yeah well you can no you can get it um it's just a matter of like you have like i think the biggest most important key to any sort of competition or life in general you know i watched a podcast where people were talking about it's like a bunch of cia delta force seal team six guys wrote a word on the wall and then connected connected it to something else that was really important 
in the most important like one word topic and they all were like they all connected it to discipline but to me the biggest thing beyond discipline that's the most important mm. is awareness is so while i had the discipline to you know put in the time try to notice like or just you know discipline myself to be able to put in the hours to recognize all this shit but at the end of the day I, it always comes back to awareness it, i didn't have the awareness to notice that mistake you know if you if you can't even notice that you have a problem or an issue or or something that is you know needs to be fixed or should be fixed right then that's something that is like how can you fix something that you don't even know about so i did not even know about that mistake but the point is is that awareness in sim racing is little 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 tiny things like that and if you don't even recognize that you're doing them like how can you expect yeah. to fix them so and i guess there's some fundamental differences between kind of what you're doing before what you're doing now you said something that stuck with me last time we yeah. spoke you said in cod fast is fast in sim yeah. racing smooth is fast yeah. and that's actually a huge difference yeah. yep yeah i mean in cod you could just literally press a button your character is going to perform that action at the 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 same exact way every single time no matter what it's just based it's only based on your reaction time and, and how quick you press it but now it's like that's that's probably the biggest difference between fps and and sim racing is that not only are you telling your character in this case the car what to do but you also have to control how the car does it or how the character mm. performs that action so it's like and your character is changing it's yeah yeah your character is changing you know you have i mean right now so it's like the in terms of you know ren sport we don't have we just run fixed setups we're not running the actual yeah. setups you know tweaking the smallest thing um which that case in that regard like if we were running like setups where we had to fine tune and all this stuff i'd be absolutely screwed like i've never once won a tournament only doing team versus team practice like i've never once tried like uh, like done the bare minimum and won a tournament i've always had to do extra so it's like the extra stuff is like it's a like a necessity because it's like at the end of the day if you have four sets of eyes and four you know four brains thinking about a problem of how to get how do we get quicker right they might they might focus something you know say you focus on anything in sector one i'll focus on anything in sector two you do sector three and then at the end of you know week or whatever we all share what we found and that's like the most efficient way because you can then find the smallest littlest things in the shortest amount of time possible and that was something that like things like that we didn't do any of that at the end of the day i'm sort of glad that i was because i wouldn't have met and i wouldn't have established you know friendships with and relationships with the people that i know now so i was sort of in a spot where it was after round two after poland i was expecting us to get on and do team practices together 
and we didn't do that. And I literally, you know, completely fucked up my sleep schedule for a month to basically adjust to theirs. So I'm, I realized, you know, we got two Germans, one guy from Turkey, right? Like they're in no way, shape or form should they adjust or bend to my schedule. So I was basically woke up at 2 a.m. Texas time to be just awake when they're awake. And it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm going to just be awake when you're awake. When you get on, let me know and we can run some laps or you, you can give me pointers or say when you practice for two hours and when you're tired, you can just watch me do some and, and, you know, tell me this or that. Um, but what I sort of realized was they're just more individual based people. Um, I don't think, I don't want to blame them because I don't know what's to be expected or what's not to be expected, but either way, it was just very different coming from, you spend seven days a week with your call of duty teammates, 12 hours a day to, I didn't hear their voices for like a month, you know? So it was, so I've, I've no idea how it's supposed to work in, in sim racing or this and that, but at the end of the day, I, I never publicly talked about it because it was very, it's a very difficult spot because I don't want people to think I'm slow because, you know, we're not practicing as a team or they're not helping me. Like, even if they did, I still would have been slow. Um, but the actual rounds where I actually started getting points was when I started getting help. Which makes a lot um, of sense, right? Yeah, and it was funny, me and uh, his name is Will Chadwick. He does the, the UK, um, what's his name, Sebastian Job, Job. Who's yeah, actually yeah. in? Yeah, had him on the show. yeah, he so he was actually in the R one league. He got first. Um, but me and Chadwick sort of had a little deal going where he would teach me driving, you know, little mistakes here and there, and I would teach him sort of the mental stuff because he was sort of known as like the the silver surfer, the guy who's always getting second, 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 never won a race, right? Um, anyways, he works with me for like two to three weeks. I ended up getting, it was like 11th, the ninth. Then I think it was 11th again or something like that. Um, either way, all my points came from when I was working with him. Um, anyways, and then the triple header was over. And then we went back to like, then it was my turn to help him. And it was sort of like, he, he reminded of me, he reminded myself of me when I was younger, which confidence was like rocket science to me. Mm. Like, like I, my parents taught me a whole bunch of things, but they never taught me or they never taught, taught me confidence. And that's like the biggest key when you're in high pressure, pressure situations. If you don't have confidence, you're going to, you're going to choke. It's just a matter of time. Um, so I sort of helped Chadwick with that. And then I think on the last race of the season, he got, he won his first ever race. And then they did reverse grid and he, he finished like second or something like that. But That's he was actually like over the moon that he just won a race. And it was fun. It's so funny, right? Because the advice I gave him, which it, I mean, dude, it applies to everything, but you need to set out like, 
confidence never comes from inside of a video game or inside a competition in general. It comes from like, like to me, that's like fake confidence. That's like the temporary confidence because in a game or in a competition, you're constantly comparing yourself. It's, it's a constant comparison. Am I better than this person? You know? And it's never the confidence of, I can be better than this person within a game. Um, so I gave Chadwick a whole bunch of small things to do, like in real life, like, like, dude, if you, if you have a goal, no matter how small and you set out, like, this is what I, I need to do. Like you do it no matter what. And I'm talking like it, it started like very small, like, like you wake up and you make your bed, you know, say you, you, you want to go for a run or something like that. If you say you're going to do 30, 45 minutes. Like you do not stop running until you do 45 minutes. So like no matter what. And it's just like what that does is it's going to boost your confidence on just setting a goal, achieving it. And, and what happens when you do it? Like you might be miserable, but that the moment that 45 minutes is over on that run, you're going to feel like pure joy and happiness. And it creates a pattern of you saying you're going to do something you do it you accomplish it you feel good and in your head your success you, becomes a habit yeah exactly that's and that's sort of what i was trying to build with chadwick is is like the the smallest fucking things outside of video games is where you actually become confident in video games and that's sort of like that was that rocket science perspective on it that to me i mean at one point at one point that it didn't make any sense at all. And keep in mind, like I was playing, I was pro since I was 11. I didn't win a tournament until I was 21, you know, or 20. Um, mm. And then in eight years, so like a very small amount of time, I, I have the most Call of Duty tournament wins ever by far. So it, it all of a sudden clicked to me. And it's very interesting that it happens outside of video games as compared to within them. So, um, but right now it's in sim racing, it's my opponent isn't people, it's, it's time. So even if I can outthink or mentally prepare for races better than anyone else, at the end of the day, slow is still slow, you know? Mm. So. Why do you think? Why do you think that sim races seem to go for a more individual approach? Do you, is, do you think it's kind of imitating what we see with real world races? Everyone knows that, you know, your, your drivers who's, who are in the same team, but across I think, the garage are competitive with each other. Well, for my teammates last season, it was more of a, they had real life. Like this was a hobby, you know, mm. like Ulysses was doing... He was 17. He's still at school. Um, and he was also doing the F1 Academy stuff, which I'm like, hey, that's a, actually a valid fucking reason. Because um, I think right now, like money-wise and like future-wise, like F1 uh, esports is a pretty good route. Um, and then Lucas and Tim you know, worked real jobs, you know, day-to-day -day stuff. 
So it was very, they weren't in the same position as me. So at the end of the day, it was like, it, it, it was a hobby to them where to me, it's like, you know, my goal is to do the real thing. And if I can't perform right now, then I'm like shooting myself in the foot with this. It's, it's like not a good look at all. And it's not something that I, I don't want to do this and be average ever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything and be average at it. So at the end of the day, it was sort of, they were on loan. We're like, I'm, I'm sitting there telling the management, you know, like, I don't, I don't think you should keep them. I mean, Ulysses was really good. Ulysses was really good. I think if Ulysses wasn't doing the F1 Academy stuff, he probably would have been in the final, like 12 drivers. Um, I think shit, he may have been in the final top six. He once, like me and Ulysses sort of, I probably had the best relationship with him on the team. Um, he was, he, he was still doing stuff like sending me on boards as for like car settings, this and that. Um, he would still help out all that stuff, but you know, he was just juggling so many things. He's got school, F1 Academy stuff. Um, he's got to worry about two, two orgs essentially. Um, yeah. and then he's got Rensport and then I'm last on the list. So that I don't blame him at all. Or I don't blame any of them, honestly, because I don't know if I would help me either. <laughs> if someone new came into call of duty, I don't know if, if I'd be like, Hey, you at least got to get to this. I, I'd probably say you, you got to get to at least this level before I even start teaching you, because I was at the point where I didn't understand the basics of sim racing. So how are, how am I supposed to understand the advanced stuff? Do you, has the sim racing community, the team included mm -hmm. acknowledged what you're bringing to sim racing. So during this podcast, we've, yeah. we've already discussed a couple of things. We've identified that, that one of the big problems with sim racing <laughs> is viewership. Yep. And we've also identified that drive to survive is one of the best things that ever happened to motorsport. Yeah. And I'd say that those two things are related. It's yep. sim racing isn't great for viewership because you can't see the characters. And without characters, you can't see stories. Yep. Drive to Survive has been perfect for motorsport because it brought all the cars alive, i.e. it shone a light on the drivers. So it created characters which created yeah, that's, stories. I mean, that's, you come from yeah. ESL where that's a big part of it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the... To me, right? Coming from... Call of Duty, which is regarded as the WWE of esports, right? Like where it's just everyone, it's okay to be just wild and say stupid things. Like to me, it's one of the, the few places in esports where mistakes, at least PR wise, are acceptable in the sense that like, hey, these it, it sort of operates differently in the fact that it's like, hey, these people are actually people. They're not mm. robots reading a script. They're not worried about this and that. And to me, it's like, if you want sim racing, and it's not just sim racing, it's it's every single esport. Um, but this whole professionalism 24-7 persona thing is, to me, one of the biggest... Um, how do I say it without saying the word? Uh, it's it's like a virus in the system. Because mm. um, at the end of the day, man, like 
the people that are saying be professional, say this and that, don't swear, don't be yourself. Like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what they're saying. Don't be yourself. Be this person we want you yeah. to be. Right. And to me, that is the biggest virus in esports because they're appealing to people that are like the person on camera. You know? Like, why why should I listen to <laughs> yeah. to someone who is telling me to be someone that doesn't know the audience of the, mm. the stuff they're trying to sell. Like, for example, the last year in COD, they hired this film production crew. It was $40,000 an episode, right? And wow. they made it like borderline like movie quality to people who don't care about movie quality. They just want to see who you actually are as a human being. You know, they want to like, because that's one of the things that, like, to me, I, I'll meet a fan or, like, a follower or someone, a supporter here and there in real life. And they'll always be, like, not every time, but sometimes they'll be, like, shaking or nervous or, like, they're getting, like, an out-of-body experience. Like, this is unreal. Like, I'm meeting a god right now. And I'm sitting there, like, <laughs> that's nuts. like. I don't know because it makes me uncom uncomfortable because at the end of the day it's like i feel like i'm literally the same as you like i'm the same sort of just a normal human being who likes video games just so happens that like i pursued it to a hundred percent but i'm the same as any normal person i'm the same as any audience person you know watching a youtube video or anything about esports like i'm not special i just dedicated everything i have into this um and it sort of sucks when that happens because i don't want to be viewed like that you know i don't want to do this and that but but back to the point is like the audience loves seeing people as they are rather than people they should be um that's one of the biggest things in i see in motorsport uh, or sim racing in general is like, dude, no one lets these these drivers, you know, appeal to this younger generation just by being themselves. You know, mm. I think that like half of this success Lando's had is because he's being himself. You know, he's quite literally being himself, and people love him for it. And he doesn't pretend. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you'll watch any of the other drivers. It's like, oh, they're saying the same thing, just rearranging words. You know, they're saying the same like exact politicians. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like, I want to see someone that I can relate because you can't relate to that at all. And that's what I was saying before. Like, if, if you miss this generation of older people watching motorsport, like, and you're not appealing to younger fans, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So mm, to me, you're it, shortening your shelf life. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the way I would also say this is that Americans and North Americans in general are, let's be honest, a little bit immature compared to, to Europeans, right? And it's like, if you want to appeal to the, the North American markets, like, just let them be themselves. You know, this, this mm -hmm. level of professionalism is sort of, it's not, it's only good for, like, the PR teams of these major sponsors. You know, like it limits everything. It limits like new fans. It limits c 
connections between the audience and the and fans, followers, this and that to to people they're actually supporting and are watching, you know. And I don't know. It's it's sort of a tough spot because I'm like sitting there like, who who am I to tell them how to do this? You know, whether whether it's sim racing, well, sim racing, I might have some say, but in motorsport, yeah. like, who the fuck am I to say any of this? Um, but I I guarantee you, if you go ask half the drivers, no, probably seventy percent of the drivers, they probably all like love to be themselves and not worry about all this and that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like the feedback you get when you're actually authentic. Mm. is so much it's it's not only is it better and more positive usually um but it's also like as you know me say content uh entertainer right if i make a youtube video and i'm myself like that feedback it makes me want to do more content because i'm like hey i can be myself and they love it you know and it's which is a pretty wholesome yeah exactly positive yeah, yeah. feeling to get right that you're the it's not people yep. are enjoying my act it's people are enjoying me yeah where where if someone told me what to say and what to do and how to think right i wouldn't even read the comments mm. that's not you know whether they like it or not like that's not who i am i was just literally acting so it's a tough spot um so uh ian i don't want to take your generosity for granted here and we've, we've been going for two hours so i don't want to just yeah. keep, keep going 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 um so um i'll just ask one more question okay. uh just about like the like what you want to do next i've just i just looked down at the the, the timer and it's like nearly two hours like oh my god you've I've, got I, you're yeah, a busy guy. Well, i've done the i did a cod podcast sort of it was very successful but we found out that there was limiting factors like for some reason i have like an rf frequency running all throughout my house oh. so there's like buzz on the mics and all this stuff and i have nowhere else to do it plus it's in cod <laughs> but i mean I, I i understand the whole podcasting thing i'd rather have the editor at least more content to use yeah than not yeah so, yeah last also question. i like i like that podcasts are longer conversations yep. you know it's you can go a little bit deeper. Yep. It's a little bit more, um, more meaningful. And I think that, cause I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. and I always listen to a podcast when I know that I've got time yep. to get into it. Um, but anyway, um, so obviously ESL R1, yep. you just, um, you finished that season. We've, you've gone to the summit. There's big things coming for Rensport. Where do you see yourself in the next 12 months in the, in the sim racing scene? Um, in the next 12 months, well, ideally size 32 waist, 180 <laughs> pounds. Um, that's sort of like my goal. Number one, um, sort of getting to like a healthy weight, uh, because, you know, I've spent 20 years not being at a healthy weight. I would just fluctuate up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, then honestly just being a lot faster um right now it's sort of i'm doing a balancing act of uh you know physical fitness being fast and sim racing 
And then also right now I'm sort of planning on doing a lot of content. I've sort of spent the the last, at least this first season in, in ESL R1. Um, it started as like a question of, do I want to continue doing this? Because mm. right now it's like, I have an opportunity to basically do whatever I want when it comes to whether I want to compete, do I want to play Warzone? Do I want to talk about professional Call of Duty? I could coach people, mm. I could make controllers, all this and that. Um, so it's more of a question, do I want to keep doing this? And answered that, I'm like, I love this.